You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. She is Suze Close. Hi. Um, okay, so uh, Thelma and Louise were my grandmothers. <laughs> and um, uh, just a little bit of a, uh, I guess a preamble that this isn't my story, but we were talking earlier about, but it's my perception or my perspective on this story. So it might not be uh, the same perspective as my other family members and things like that, but I guess it's my, my perspective. Um, so my grandmothers were Thelma and Louise. Uh, they were both born in 1914 in Australia. They were both the middle of three daughters. They both gave birth to children in 1948. Uh, my parents, and they both lost their husbands in 1961. And although that's kind of where the similarities end, I, I, I'd like to think of them road tripping across America and becoming fugitives together and fighting back against the man and, you know, this, this, the, 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 I guess the inequality that dogged uh, women of their ages' lives at that stage. And um, when we talk about pers perceptive, perspective, um, my memory, I have a memory of road tripping with them both across the middle of Australia as a family with both of them in the back of our Tarago van and my mum and dad and me and my sister and my brother. And apparently that didn't happen. Uh, I went home <laughs> uh, over Easter and I found out lots of things that were in my, my perspective and my vision of things that didn't actually happen. And that's one of them apparently. But, I, you know, I argued the case, but no, I'm pretty sure that never happened. But I think we could imagine them doing that. Uh, they were Thelma and Louise. Um, so Thelma, or Thel, Gran, my mum's mum, she uh, was forced to leave school at the age of 14 her to look after her ailing mother and to travel with her bread carter's union father overnight because he would drive overnight and she would have to travel with him to keep him awake. Um, she, they were the Tinnings and they were convict stock. Louise, or Wizzy as we called her, my dad's mum, uh, she was able to finish school. She studied, she became a PE teacher and she taught at some of the uh, best sort of private girls' schools in Sydney and Adelaide. She was a sh uh, daughter of a sheep farmer the Dawkins, and they were free settlers. Uh, Louise was engaged to be married when she was 27 to Maynard, my grandfather, the night before he left to go to war. And they were married four years later. And I often wondered what that time would have been like, you know, being engaged to be married to someone who wasn't there, someone you didn't see for four years. Did she miss him? Did she get on with life and actually have a really nice time. When he came back, did she still love him? Was he the same person? And there's definitely suggestions that maybe he didn't live up to her expectations anymore. When he got back four years later, he had uh, the first day of combat, he got captured by the Germans and he spent the war in a prisoner of war camp and that probably saved his life. But yeah, there's this suggestion that he wasn't the same, wasn't 
didn't live up to expectations. He wasn't quite as outdoorsy. He wasn't quite as go-getting of life as my grandmother was. And definitely the woman I knew, it's very hard to imagine her taking up that role of being a, a, a principal's wife. Um, my dad remembers arguments, but he also remembers ballroom dancing and parties and family holidays, and he's regaled us with hilarious things that happened on those holidays. So they were definitely nice times. My Thelma was married at 20 to Vic. Uh, there was a baby on the way. Um, Vic was a functioning alcoholic. Uh, like Maynard, he didn't spend much time in combat because he had a medical discharge. Um, my mum has no memories of Thel and Vic spending any time together. There was definitely no family holidays or day trips, but what she does remember is that he would take her out, but she suspects it was just to bait Thelma because he would leave her on the steps of hotels whilst he went in and got drunk. Uh, she talks of later on crossing the road to avoid seeing him or having to talk to him in public. <coughs> Meanwhile, Maynard was diagnosed with bowel cancer and he suffered for four years and Louise cared for him. Uh, my, brother, my, my dad talks about colostomy bags and the smell of shit and taking his dinner up to the sick room, but probably so that he could sneak a listen to the family radio rather than spend any time with his dad. So when he died, he left Louise, 48, and four sons. And his death for Louise gave her this new start. She took over the family farm and she pioneered a new life for herself uh, in a very male-dominated world. She brought up four sons, a doctor, two academics and a farmer. They were both, all of them successful, experts in their field, university educated. She had a real grit and determination and fight and I imagine this made her fairly formidable for the four daughters-in-law who had to uh, coexist. Um, but I mean, then this is a woman who at 83 spent a week trekking on horseback through the Australian Alps, which for most normal people is quite a, an undertaking, but for an 83-year-old woman is something pretty special. At the same, in the same year that Maynard died, uh, Vic took his own life. He took himself off to Curl Curl Beach and he drank rat poison looking out to sea. This would have been a pretty painful and unpleasant death and he left my mother two already grown-up children and Thelma age 48 my parents were both 14 at this stage um, my mum's memories were Thel's response was very business-like um, but she also felt there was this great sense of relief she remembers her mum saying to her people will expect us to be sad and for Thel this was the first time in her life she had control of her life and her finances. She was eligible for a war widow's pension. She had control over what happened to that money. Nobody was pissing it up the wall. And I guess there's an argument that maybe she didn't embrace life the same way that Louise did. I mean, the, the damage was probably done. The chip was well embedded in her shoulder. She wasn't the daughter of a sheep farmer. Was it when she was forced to leave school at 14 or forced to get married at 20 or lived 28 years married to somebody who was an alcoholic? Who knows? But she didn't embrace life in the same way. However, 
she did something for me that was very special for a woman of her age, from her background, with those chips on her shoulder already. She taught me about empathy and kindness. She lived, whilst I was growing up, in one of the most deprived areas of Sydney, uh, in a council flat, and she taught me to look at the people who shared that space with her and to think about where they'd come from and the lives that they've led. And I think for someone of her generation, that was a pretty amazing thing to be able to do, even if she struggled to show that same kindness and empathy to those people she actually loved all the time. So my grandmothers were Thelma and Louise, and they're both very different. But they were both born in 1914. They both gave birth to children in 1948. They both lost their husbands in 1961. And despite those differences, those different upbringings and cities and worldviews, my parents met each other. And that gave Thelma and Louise another similarity. Thank you. Sue's close. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writers Centre Norwich.